TII item 400, July 31st, 2016. Sources confirm September 7th, 2016 Apple event. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Brian for sending in the music here in the background. Brian wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a song called 2014.88, Song of the Day. On iOS, I use the apps Nano Studio, iMachine, Notion, GarageBand, and most of the songs started on an iPhone or iPad and then were brought over to the Mac for finishing. On the Mac, I use the apps Studio One, Logic, and Notion. You can find more of my music at ReverbNation.com slash TimFate. Regards, Brian. Well, thanks, Brian, for setting in the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode and also as a bonus content in the TII app. And I want to thank Myron as well for sending in the artwork for today's show. Myron wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here is some simple artwork I created from the photo I took on my iPhone 6S while at White Sands National Monument. I added the text and clip art using the app over on my iPad. Regards, Myron Euchre. Well, thanks, Myron, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Myron's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 400 or at Instagram.com slash todayinios and also as a standalone post in the VIP section at Facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create state artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Microsoft workers celebrated the release to manufacturing of Windows Phone 7 last week by parading through their Redmond campus with iPhone hearses. Microsoft employees, Microsoft, 10th of September, 2010. And now you know where the phrase, don't put your hearse before your cart comes from. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 399, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Call of Commander Zombie Island. If you're interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 399. This week, no soup for you. Sadly, no good marketing-minded devs that were looking to spread the precious word about their apps in exchange for giving up five not-so-precious promo codes. Bad app dev marketer are you if you have not sent in your promo codes or even just a 60-second or less review of your free app. Which leads me to a quick reminder. If you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please, please, please make sure to let me know when they expire. For Apple's quarterly conference call, nothing shocking was expected and nothing shocking was revealed. Tim Cook did start off the call saying revenue was on the high side of the guidance range, but in the guidance range. What was revealed was not at all shocking and basically in line with what was expected iPhone sales for calendar Q2 2016 were 40.4 million units versus the 47.5 million units in the year-ago quarter, or a 15% decline year-over-year. 
if you remember last episode, we said the average guess by the analysts was $40 million for a 15.6% decline. So just slightly better than the average guess. Closest to the pin for iPhone sales was Jim Suva of Citibank. And he said he had a guess of 40.3 million units sold. So way to go, Jim. Almost right on the nose. As I said last week, maybe the best way to compare last quarter is with the two-year-ago quarter, as the iPhone seems to be on a two-year upgrade cycle. And if you did that, then it was a solid increase of 24.3% when compared to two years ago quarter. Apple did say they expect better numbers next quarter, and the iPhone SE was doing much better than they expected. And they said the iPhone sales to switchers was the highest percentage ever. iPad sales for the last quarter were 10 million units versus 10.9 million units in the year ago quarter. But the analysts were guessing with an average of 8.9 million units sold. That is a good solid beat of the analyst expectations. Closest to the pin was Lee Storch of the Brayburn Group with a guess of exactly 10 million units. So he was not only just dead on, he was also the highest guess. Outside of Lee, everyone else was expecting lower, and in much cases, much, much lower iPad units sold, especially Greg Boyd, who pessimistically guessed there would be just 7.5 million iPad units sold last quarter. Overall, revenue dropped 15% year-over-year. Again, most of it is due to iPhone drops year-over-year. Turning to cash, as they always say, Apple has a boatload of it. No, make that an armada load of it. And seems all that crazy money Apple throws at their spaceship campus actually affected, for the first time, cash standing. Or maybe it was the $1 billion they invested in Didi, as cash on hand decreased slightly. That said, their mountain of cash is now a staggering $231.5 billion. Better maybe to say it's their mountain range of cash? Apple last quarter had $10.6 billion in cash flow generated from sales, and they did return $13 billion to investors via dividends and stock buybacks. So yeah, that was that too that caused the slight $1.4 billion decrease in their cash hoard, or cash mountain range. FYI, 93% of the $231.5 billion is outside the U.S., ASP's last quarter were $595, which is very low for iPhone ASP's when compared to the last six quarters, where it's been ranging between $650 and $700. But way, way above smartphones not called the iPhone, ASP's there, when you look at um, ASP's, they're less than $250 for the rest of the industry. So yes, iPhone ASP's are way over double the rest of the industry, even in a down quarter. Again, numbers were lower all around versus the year-ago quarter. Same as last quarter, and likely the same for next quarter. But Tim seemed very optimistic about the future. And you know what? So did Wall Street. Because the stock jumped up a bunch on Wednesday and finished the week up. So go figure. The times you think Apple will go up after a call, it goes down. And the times when it looked like it was going to go down, it went up. Actually, it was the best day for Apple stock in two years. So yeah, it really did well, or as others pointed out, Apple has been beaten down so much lately, it really was just a matter of not being able to keep a fundamentally incredible company down forever. should point out I own Apple stock, and it makes up the majority of my investment portfolio, with quotes around portfolio. I am clearly long on Apple for full and fair disclosure, but it is funny, I always know when to buy Apple stock, 
because there is one listener that emails me whenever Apple stock is getting beat up. And the more emails that he sends, the better the opportunity it is for me to buy. That was recently um, and now, if you believe what some articles are saying, Apple should be at least 30% higher than where it is today. So still some opportunity to buy. We shall see. Uh, what I say I can say about this is Apple is a cash machine still. And with the iPhone SE, it now has a product to get them introed into the mid-tier of smartphone market while having the high end all locked up. On the call, Tim Cook said multiple times they were surprised by the demand for the iPhone SE. But if Tim had listened to the show, uh, he would not have been so surprised. There are a lot of people that love the 4-inchers. And if nothing else, Tuesday's conference call, at a minimum, assured those 4-inch lovers like my wife out there that there will be future updates of that form factor. So that, in my mind, was good news uh, that Apple's having good news about the iPhone SE. There was one thing I thought Tim Cook would announce in the conference call that I did not hear and went back and checked the transcript and was nothing there and was surprised. Um, and there was nothing that, by Tim mentioning that Apple had sold their one billionth iPhone. I thought for sure Tim would tout that fact, but he did not on the call. And that worried me on how the iPhone was doing because the math surely indicated there, it, there should be the announcement of one billion. Uh, they ended last quarter, when you, especially when you go back and hear that they had sold 40.4 million, that put them at 988 million at the end of last quarter. So you thought for sure they would have gone over the 1 billion mark. But alas, my fears were put to rest the next day when Tim announced during an Apple employee meeting that they had indeed sold their 1 billionth iPhone the week before. So just a little over nine years, less than 38 quarters in all, Apple was able to sell 1 billion iPhones. Yeah, I like it a lot. And Mr. Bomber, so do a lot of other people. Tim Cook at their meeting said, quote, We never set out to make the most, but we've always set out to make the best products that make a difference, unquote. Per iOS devices, if you add in the 330 million iPads and at least another 100 million iPod touches, we're getting close to the 1.5 billion mark for iOS devices. Maybe when Tim gets on stage in September, September 7th, we'll get to that later, he will mention 1.5 billion mark for iOS devices, which is a number Apple will hit either this quarter or next. Hi, Rob. This is Anna from Pittsburgh, Kansas, and I'm calling in response to the guy who was wanting to know about uh, the uh, smart keyboard command for moving apps uh, when running voiceover. Um, I don't know whether that command has been fixed, but I can tell you that there is a much easier way in iOS 10 to move apps on the screen. You can pick one and uh, basically mark it and then go to where you want it and then use an action menu to say which folder you want it in, you know, whether you want it in the folder you're selected or if you're in a folder or on just this main screen if you want it before or after the app that you're focused on. So. It's really easy to do it from the keyboard. I mean, from the screen now, it's much easier than it ever has been before. So you may not need that keyboard command anymore, uh, whether it works or not. Hope that's of some help. Thanks. Bye. Emma, thanks for that feedback. And go gorillas. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Normally, I would wait two weeks before updating, but I heard this is really more critical than others. What do you think? Regards, and thanks for your hard work. Jim K. And he's talking about iOS 9.3.3. Jim, thanks for the voicemail message. 
And I will reply or get to some replies from others here in a few minutes. But I'm going to give you my personal feedback. So far, iOS 9.3.3 has been really solid for me and the devices I put it out in my household. And a couple even looks like it's helped on battery life. Again, we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But my personal experience and what my opinion is right now is release the hounds. If you haven't updated to 9.3.3, go ahead and do so. But as always, make sure you do the full backup before you upgrade. Hey, Rob, this is John from Western Ohio. I'm using the latest um, release of Beta 10, um, Beta 3, actually. And I just wanted to make a couple comments. First of all, with the previous release, there was, I was having problems where when I go home, it would not connect to my Wi-Fi network. That seems to be fixed. Also, when I was listening to music or listening to podcasts or, or what have you, it would just randomly stop um, every uh, five, ten minutes, I guess. That's also been fixed. Um, one thing that I have not seen anywhere in writing is that for people who are visually impaired, they've added a bunch of new voices. That sound, and there's a couple that sound a lot better than than the ones that pre-existed. There are two apps which I'm not able to use anymore. One of them is KNFB Reader. You take a picture and it crashes, and then the other one is Navigon, which I hope both get fixed pretty soon. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Jim, thanks for the feedback. And that is a good reminder, folks. If you are going to upgrade to the iOS 10 betas, remember this. It's not perfect. It's still a beta, so there's going to be some issues. I don't like to talk personally about them, but I will play some of you guys have some issues. I'll play them just so people get an idea, like the issue that Jim was having there with the Navigon and the screen reader. So just be careful there. If you go to the beta, understand it's not perfect. It's a beta. If you don't like things where they're not perfect, then you're not going to like doing beta testing. So don't do the beta testing unless you're willing to have some pain points. I always say hold off on the betas on your main devices until at least the fifth beta. That's where I'm holding off. I haven't done it on my main iPhone yet. Uh, but if you have secondary devices, which is where I have put it, uh, then absolutely put it on the secondary devices, play around, and especially if you have an iPad, because then you get to Swift Playgrounds. Long of the short, if you don't like when things go bad, don't go to the beta. If you like things perfect, stay with iOS 9.3.3. We are now over 3,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great post. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Lawrence McFarlane on July 28th, who posted the following. Quote, I was planning on updating from iOS 9.3.2 to 9.3.3 on my iPhone 6S this weekend, but some research has indicated a plethora of problems, including increased battery drain and Wi-Fi connection troubles. How has it gone for you guys and gals? Has anyone here, uh, after following Rob's upgrade procedures, regretting installing the new operating system? Should I just wait to, for the iOS 10 Goldmaster? Unquote. There were a bunch of replies to this. Uh, Greg B. replied, quote, I up updated a few iPhones and iPads on the first day with no problems, unquote. Stan Bentley replied, quote, can't speak for the iPhone 6S, but I've ha seen no additional problems with my iPhone 5S, unquote. Timothy Arnold, Ken Ostrander, David Willoughby, Jim H., Blair Jones, and Gautam uh, also replied where they said they had no issues. Greg Beltz and Ken Ostrander both replied about the issue in iOS 9.3.2 and earlier where a malicious GIF or a malicious GIF or video could take control of your device. So there is definitely a security reason to upgrade to 9.3.3. And Daniel Soul and Chris Searley both replied about seeing better battery life with 9.3.3. And who does not like better battery life? Well, other than the folks at Mophie, that is. 
Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in TI Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. And folks, I've made it so easy to find. Just go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Into the email, there we go. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the show. I always learn something new. Usually my wife buys my razor blades. On a recent vacation, I bought a four-pack of replacement blades for the razor I've been using for years. I thought packages had been mispriced. The cost of razors are crazy. I've heard you talk about razors and Harry razors before, and I decided it was time to check out their website. I just went to harrys.com and placed an order. I bought the Truman set and applied the TAI coupon code. 10 bucks. Wow. I almost feel like I stole something. The price alone is worth looking into it. I'm looking forward to my Truman set arriving. Thanks for the tip. Regards, Richard Army, Fairbanks, Alaska. And then there was Richard's email after getting the Harry's product. Hi, Rob. I'm so impressed with these guys. I am highly recommending their razors and shave gel. I have not had such a good shave before. I received their starter kit from Harry's for $10 after my TII $5 off coupon code. I thought shaving was about the same regardless of the brand. I was wrong. I'm not sure what is in the shave gel, but my skin feels amazing. And the razors are like no others I've used before. It is one pass on the face, not two or three as before. I kept feeling my face after the first couple of shaves. It is that different. The cost is at least half the cost of the big three replacement blades. I like sharing with folks when I get a great service and, or a superior product. This is one of them. Regards, Richard Emery, Fairbanks, Aliska. Well, Richard, thanks for the great emails and feedback. And folks, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm a Harry's customer. I love my Harry's razors. They are by far the best razors I've ever used. Yes, the price is low, but the quality is very, very high. This is not a shave that feels like it cost a buck. This is a great shave. And from a five-blade German-engineered blade razor head, and as Rich said, go to harrys.com and use coupon code TII to save $5 off your first order. And again, go to harrys.com, use coupon code TII, save $5 off the best razor blades, shaving cream, and aftershave lotion. Uh, With the latter two being made from natural materials, not chemicals, natural materials, you're going to feel good, smell good, and have money left over to buy something else good. Thanks, Harry, for supporting this show. Earlier this year, we talked about Apple getting into creating original content and then mentioned that it looked like Will I Am and Ben Silverman would be producing that project. And recently, Apple confirmed it, and the new show will be called Planet of the Apps. Cute. Quote, a groundbreaking new series about apps and their creators, unquote. And that's from the site. Uh, this is currently, uh, there is currently an open casting call where they are looking for app devs that can have their app, iOS, macOS, tvOS, or watchOS app in beta or functional state by October 21st. And if you think that is something you can do, then you have until Friday, August 26th to submit to be on the show. Sounds like the filming will be in LA in late 2016, early 2017. So you'll need to be free to travel to LA for filming for at least a few days. I have a link in the show notes with more info and how to apply. If you apply, let me know. So far, I've talked to one person that has submitted. They, Apple, they as an Apple, are having some meet and greets as well. August 1st, there is one in New York City. So hurry up if you heard that one and you're in the city area. And then August 4th will be one in Austin, Texas. 
Again, link in the show notes. Look for the one titled Planet of the Apps. If this sounds like American Idol for app devs, yes. Yes, it is. Good luck to all that apply, and hopefully we'll have a few TII listeners that make the cut and get to be up on the big screen, and that big screen being connected to an Apple TV. A report from IDC indicates that the Apple Watch sales have, quote, plummeted, unquote. Well, actually, what they said, to put it in context, is, quote, the Apple Watch debuted to a backlog of orders and 3.6 million units were shipped in the first three months on the market, but sales plummeted to just 1.6 million in the latest quarter, unquote. So let's understand what IDC is saying. That in Q2 2016, the amount of Apple Watches sold were lower than those sold in Q2 2015, the quarter when, you know, the Apple Watch launched. Shocker! Or I mean, wow guys, great insight. Quote, Consumers have held off on smartwatch purchases since early 2016 in anticipation of hard- a hardware refresh, said IDC. You think? If you look at the Apple conference called Details, you will see the segment Other Products, which is where the Apple Watch, Apple TV, iPod, and accessories are grouped together. Well, other products dropped 16% year over year, and most, if not all, of that drop was because of the Apple Watch. So chances are that 3.6 million to 1.6 million drop is kind of bogus because Apple's never really given those numbers, but that's just IDC's guessing. But in any case, the fact that it dropped Apple Watch sales from when the quarter when it launched to a year later, no kidding. That's not news. That's just duh. And speaking of Apple Watch, rumor time. And rumors are the Apple Watch 2 will be introduced this fall because, well, the same ones that said it would be released in spring and then WWDC need something to say right now, right? Oh, wait. They start the rumor out with, quote, first plan for March 21st release, the Apple Watch 2 has been pushed back to maybe a fall 2016 event or even later, unquote. Oh, way to really commit there, guys. Let me start by saying this. The second generation Apple Watch is coming, 100% guaranteed. And when it is coming... In the future, of course, which I also 100% guarantee. Or, should I say, as told to me by unnamed sources in a position to know. Per the rumors, they basically look like a rehash of the spring rumors. You know, 40% thinner. But, hey, wait, that rumor on thinness is also attributed back to Digitimes. So we can nix that rumor completely. The second generation Apple Watch will not be guarantee you will not be 40% thinner and likely will be within 10% of the current thickness. There is that whole, you know, getting through the day on a single charge thing kind of to worry about. Also per the rumors is that Apple will partially make it thinner by going with a thinner display uh, screen. That I do believe, hence my 10% thinner prediction. I think Apple will make it thinner where it can without changing the battery size much, if at all. They may even go the opposite side way and make the battery bigger. They also say it will not actually be the Apple Watch 2, per the name, but the Apple Watch S, that per Ming-Chi Kuo. So I, I could see that, Apple Watch S. Again, one thing we do know after talking to sources in the supply chain is that a second-gen Apple Watch is coming in the future. You know what also starts happening this time of year? People start looking at calendars from the last couple of years. Look at when Apple announced the last few versions of the iPhone and then calculate when it'll be this year. And then announce that they heard from sources that Apple will be introducing the next iPhone on X date. And yep, 
we are there again. Evan Blass, who was the first to pull out the calendar and guess on the announcement date. Um, I mean, talk to inside sources about this. No, who am I kidding? You know he just was guessing. And he is guessing the next iPhones will be delivered to customers Friday, September 16th. Hey, we can play this game too. First, let's look back the past few years. 2015, Apple announced the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus and other products at the Wednesday, September 9th event, with pre-orders starting on Saturday, September 12th, and delivery of the device starting on Friday, September 25th. Fiscal year ended for Apple then on September 26th. That meant two days of new iPhone sales. In 2014, Apple announced the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus at the Tuesday, September 9th event, with pre-orders on Friday, September 12th, and delivery on Friday, September 19th. Fiscal year ended on the 27th that year with eight days of new iPhone sales. In 2013, Apple announced the iPhone 5S and 5C at the Tuesday, September 10th event with pre-orders for the 5C starting on Friday, September 13th and delivery starting on Friday, the 20th for both the 5C and the 5S. No pre-orders that year for the 5S. Fiscal year ended on the 28th with eight days of new iPhone sales. Now, let's look at some numbers. Last quarter, they were 15% lower on revenue year over year. Uh, The quarter before that, they were 13% lower year over year. If we went with a range of 13 to 15% lower than the year ago for this coming quarter report, that would mean revenue in the range of $43.8 billion to $44.5 billion. That assuming we go with a launch date of September 4th to give two days of iPhone sales for the next gen iPhone and, and get that revenue just like last year. However, Apple in the quarterly report is projecting $45.5 billion to $47.5 billion in revenue. I believe the only way they would predict that level of revenue is if they were planning on a week plus of next-gen iPhone sales, like in 2014 and 2013. So backing in to eight days of iPhone sales means next-gen iPhone sales would go on sale and in customers' hands on Friday, September 16th with pre-orders going live on Saturday, September 10th, and with the Apple event on Wednesday, September 7th. And hey, guess what? September 7th, just purely coincidentally, is the first day of CTIA Supermobility 2016 conference in Las Vegas. Not that Apple has ever done a media event at the beginning of a mobile conference before. Nope, never happened before. So yes, talking to my inside sources... Apple will have their fall event at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Wednesday, September 7th. Pre-orders to start at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time on Saturday the 10th. And next-gen iPhones will be available to customers on Friday, September 6th. Thanks to all my inside sources, who I'll just call for now, Past Calendar, Future Calendar, and Tim Cook. Or, as I put in my post earlier today on TII, sources PC, FC, and TC. Just saying. FYI. Even Bass came back and said pre-orders on September 9th. No mention from him on event date. will be interesting to see who had better sources, Evan or TII. And sometimes when I do these kind of little segments, I feel like that magician that has the mask on that reveals how the magic tricks are done. That's exactly how all these sites do their quote-unquote sources told us stuff. They just use logic and calendars and past stuff to predict future stuff, and some of them get it right. No magic here, 
no inside sources. I mean, at least that's what I want Apple to believe, right? Because if I had inside sources, I wouldn't want them coming after me or anything and trying to give up my sources. So I have to, you know, say there's no sources, right? I'm sure that's the way it is. Per rumors on the iPhone 7, a new one comes from Makatakara, and that is the home button on the next-gen iPhone will sit flush with the screen and not move when pressed, but rather there will be some haptic feedback when pressed, and it will make it seem like it was pressed. Of course, that means there will also be 3D touch to the home button as well. And the rumors go on that Apple will introduce a space black model, bringing to five the colors available, gold, rose gold, space gray, silver, and now space black. One more last rumor about the iPhone 7 is, well, that it will not be called the iPhone 7 after all, but rather the iPhone 6SE, and then the iPhone 6SE Plus. This from a German blog, Apple page, and they claim Chinese supply chain sources, which have seen fine final retail packaging, have given them this information. It is possible, but then the lineup would be the iPhone SE, the iPhone 6 SE, and the iPhone 6 SE Plus. Ugh, what a mess. Hey, Rob. This is Luis. I called last week about your uh, uh, age problem. And uh, first of all, I want to apologize for using that word so much and uh, probably triggering the H Siri on uh, many devices while they were listening and chasing off uh, many listeners there. Anyways, just want to let you know that the problem was solved on uh, public beta number two. So I've been running that uh, for three days now and the problem is completely gone. So I switch on HCD back. And uh, so far, so good. Running smooth. Uh, the only thing I don't really like about this uh, new iOS is the control center. That annoys me so much because uh, the playback uh, controls for podcasts or music, whatever, has been uh, switched to the other screen. So I have to swipe up and then swipe left to control the music. And I also use the airplane mode, uh, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth toggles a lot. So I wish they had remained on the same screen. I don't understand why they have that huge button for a uh, night shift instead of just uh, keeping the controls for the audio controls there. Anyway, so far so good on iOS 10 uh, Beta 2 for public. Uh, the only issue I have found right now is the when switching apps. Uh, most of the times if it's WhatsApp or any web-based uh, app, it's going to lag. And uh, for once, I think, or twice, I had to reboot the device because I just could not toggle between uh, switch apps at all. It just uh, froze, and I had to reset the entire device. Okay? Thank you very much, and have a nice week. And once again, sorry for using the HCD so much on my last message. <laughs> Probably pissed a lot of listeners there. Take care. Good day. Luis, thanks for the feedback and the apology. Into the email bag, and this is from Patrick McCann. Actually, he's from the Google Plus community. I should check my notes ahead of time. Quote, for those on the beta, my wife and I have been testing out the notes sharing and editing feature. Love it. We have been making and editing our list for a trip. This is exactly what I have been waiting for from Apple or a third party. Simple but effective. The edits we make uh, to each other's list don't have lag from one device to the other, both using a 6 S plus, unquote. And then uh, this one is, you might be like, hi, Rob, I am running the latest iOS 10 beta. A few bugs with freezing, 
one new feature I found in, is in my Yahoo Mail, when I move an email to a folder, the folder name automatically comes up and I don't have to scroll down to find it. A tidbit of info, did you know that now over half of the iPad screens are made by Samsung? FYI. Great work, Roy Sabo. Well, Roy, thank you for the feedback, and Patrick, thanks for the post in the Google Plus community. And folks, if you have any feedback or interesting information, tidbits you'd like to share with us, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And actually, here's an, another audio feedback that was sent in from Levi. Hey, Rob, this is Levi from Marina Valley, California. Just calling about how you're promoting the Fireflies wireless Bluetooth earbuds. One thing I want to make sure the listeners are aware of, these are music-only earbuds. These are not for phone calls at all. There is no microphone on them, and they are for music only. They are not for phone calls. So just want to call in, make sure everyone was aware of that. Um, that was one of the things that almost made me cancel my my support because it's kind of uh, want to be able to use them for phone calls as well. Just want to make sure everyone else is aware of that. I'm sure with some people that will be a deal breaker. Once again, there is no microphone and you cannot make phone calls with the Fireflies wireless Bluetooth earbuds. But other than that, it looks like a great product and great package. There's been some talk about um, certain, was it a Comply foam inserts for the, the ear inserts? I'm not really sure what that's all about. Might want to go through the comments and look into the product and comments that have been going down in there. Have a good one. Love the show. Thanks for all that you do. Levi, thank you for that voicemail message. And I went back and listened and no, I never mentioned that it didn't have a microphone. So, oh, I should have. And thank you for catching that and pointing out that I didn't say it. So, folks, yes, if you were looking at supporting the Fireflies and you were looking at them to be your headphones where you can talk on the phone with... No, that they cannot do. Uh, but we do have another story here, and we're going to switch over to our next Kickstarter project. Let me read an email that was sent in from a PR person. Hi, Rob. Here's a story idea I thought you might like on the most customizable and first truly wireless earbuds that launched on Kickstarter. ELWN Fit earbuds solve the two biggest problems that smartphone users face when using Bluetooth earbuds, fit and battery life. They come with the Infinity Wearable Charger, so users can wear them nonstop and charge while still using each them is still in use. Every pair also comes with an industry-leading 48 fitting accessories for an endless supply of ear size combinations to ensure perfectly secure fit for everyone. Please let me know if there is interest, and I can put you in touch with the founder and send along high-res images. The, here is their launch press kit, yada, yada. Thanks, Scott. And Scott is with the PR company, which represents this Kickstarter project. The project had a goal of $50,000 and has raised $180,000 so far. And you have until August 11th to be part of that at 10.53 a.m. Central Time if you want to fund it. So if the Fireflies were not for you and you need that built-in microphone, then maybe the ELWN, Elwin, I got ELWN earbuds, and then search for ELWN, one word, in Kickstarter, 
And yes, confirm the ELWN does have a built-in mic for hands-free calling. Pricing on this is $119, and that does come with the Infinity Band charger and the 48-fit accessories. The delivery is expected in October 2016. Yeah, we've heard that before from all projects, but if they hit it, that'll be great because it'll be right before Christmas and right after the iPhone launches without a headphone jack. Again, $119, and the uh, I didn't really they didn't really talk here about it, but when you go and look, you'll see the uh, Infinity Band. What it is is a band that then connects to both of the earbuds, and you can keep them in your ear and then have the band plugged in, and the band then has a, a battery on it that then charges them while you use it. So it's a way for you to get extra charge. Uh, it's a different way than, say, what was done with the Fireflies. But the big difference here between the two, other than just price, is that this one comes with a microphone built in. So ELWN over a Kickstarter or in the link in the show notes for episode 400 at todayinios.com. And we have another Kickstarter project, and thanks to Dr. John for the heads up on this next one. And this is a Kickstarter project for Apple Watch owners. And it has to do with the charging disc. If you have one, you know it is a pain when you want to take it with you, if you only have one. You have to pull out the cord from wherever it is that you stashed it. It's a six-foot long cord. It does not come out of the charging disc. Wouldn't it be nice if the disc itself could just be removed from the charging cord? Which obviously leads us to this Kickstarter project called Discus. D-I-S-K-U-S. And this is, as we set it up to be, a charging disc only, where you can plug a cord, a USB micro cord, it's not the lightning cord, but at least it's a cord, into it, and you can take it in and out. That makes it easy to remove it from wherever you have it and take it with you. So you just have to have one cord in your bag and then one cord on your desk, and then you just unplug it, put it in your laptop bag and go, and then you've got the other cord to go. This one has a goal of $55,000. they have raised $48,000 so far, so almost there. And you have until August 29th at 1 p.m. Central Time to fund this one. So yeah, they'll hit their goal, no problem. Early birds on this are still available. That's why I didn't push it off till next week. And this, they are $30 for the price of this, and they'll be shipping in October. And it does have the Apple MFI certification as well, which means it, should, it will work with your Apple Watch, and Apple endorses it, and they have to pay a kickback to Apple. This one is pretty cool. And if you have an Apple Watch and have not purchased a second charging disc, then this is for you. Search for D-I-S-K-U-S at kickstarter.com or in the show notes for Today in iOS for episode four, 400. Thanks to Kristen London for this next one. This one I reached out to the makers of to see if I can get samples. No reply yet. It is called Noble BTS. It is a Bluetooth device you plug in your wired headphones into, and then it connects to your phone via Bluetooth. No need for the headphone jack, or maybe you're just tired of breaking your wired headphone plugs when they're in your front left pocket of your skinny jeans and you sit down. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever done that. Again, I reached out to them to see about getting a unit to test. This has a price of $99, so definitely not cheap. If anyone else has tested this, please give us a call to send in that review. Call in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. One of the favorite apps on Apple TV by many is Disney's Infinity 3.0. And soon we will talk about it in the past sense. As Disney has said, they'll be putting it out to the VR pasture. As of today, you can no longer make in-app purchases on Apple TV. As of September 30th, 2016, Apple TV versions of Disney Infinity will be removed from the App Store. 
However, quote, if you are playing on any console, Apple TV, or Windows 8-10 versions of the game, you can continue to download your favorite toy boxes from the community content section until March 3rd, 2017, unquote. As of March 3rd, 2017, quote, Apple TV and Windows 8.10 versions will no longer be available, supported, or playable. All Disney Infinity online services and community features for all versions will be discontinued, unquote. So again, we will be talking about Infinity from Disney in the past tense very soon, and probably not with much affinity. Hey, Rob, Coach Randy Garcia from Orange County, California. Just bought an iPhone for my son, and I was just wondering if you or the audience out there had any ideas as far as controlling the usage of my son's phone. Thanks a lot. You got a great show. Keep it up. Bye. Coach Randy, thanks for calling in, and thanks for the nice comments. Per your question, first thing I always recommend to any parent that gets their kid an iPhone is you got to go and set on restrictions, and you have to set up your own passcode and make it a different passcode than the one that unlocks the phone so your kid can't get into restrictions and change the restrictions you put in place. Second, do not install the YouTube app. Matter of fact, turn off the ability for them to install apps uh, would be a good idea. And install just the apps you want them, like KidsTube instead of YouTube. That would be my first highly recommended suggestion. Second, or maybe this could be even first, is turn on iCloud so that you can do Find My iPhone and, and put the Find My iPhone app on there. You want to be able to find your kids with their iPhone wherever they are. So make sure you have that set up. Test it on your phone. Make sure you can find their phone. Not just to find them, but to find their phone when they, oh, they leave it somewhere. Not that that would ever happen. But on the other side, knowing where they are and being able to track where they are, if anything ever happened and they had their phone with them, it's another good reason to have that turned on. So those are the first couple things I would make sure you do. Again, find my iPhone, make sure that's set up, and then also get restrictions turned on and restrict and turn off the ability for them to install apps so that you have to be able to be the one that installs them and that you control which apps get on there. Uh, You may even want to turn off Safari, turn off the restrictions for Safari because the reality is the worst content in the world they're ever going to see is going to be through a web browser. So turning off Safari will definitely help on that front. Folks, if you have some more suggestions for Coach Randy on what to do for their kids setting up a new phone, give us a call or shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you what you suggest to Randy as far as restrictions and setting up a phone for a, let's call them, 13-year-old or younger child. Into the email bag we go. Dear Rob, I have run into an aggregating occurrence in the way that my iPhone 6S handles notifications, and I'm wondering if there is a way around this. I hope you or someone in the Today and iOS community knows a solution. What I'm experiencing is when I get a notification and then tap it, it goes away. There is a couple of apps that send push notifications to the notification that is important, but it's available nowhere else in the app. So if I missed exactly what the notification says, I cannot go back and look at it. Is there a way to go back and see the full list of past notifications? I can't believe that they are just wiping it from the log once they have been viewed. Regards, Tim in Atlanta. Hi, Tim. First thing I would suggest is go to the lock screen and swipe down from the top and look under notifications and see if it's there. Some apps, though, will have a notification section. So, for example, if you would go into the TII app and you ever want to see any past notifications, when you open up the TII app, we actually have a place in there for all the past notifications so that you can go and see any notifications that were sent. And you can do that by go to the episode list and then up in the top right, click on that, and you'll see where it then says episodes, category, inbox. Tap on inbox. 
inbox is all the past notifications I've ever sent to the TII app. Not all apps are good about this, and some it doesn't make any sense, but for the TII app, at least there is that way. If anyone else has any other suggestions for Tim, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206 Moondog. This next segment actually had titled Jailbroken or Just Broken iOS 9.3.3 jailbreak is now available. That said, there are reports that the jailbreak may be broken. There are some reports that jailbreakers that use the new Pangu tool report are, or sket, are reporting unauthorized access to credit and debit cards and PayPal and social security accounts, according to a report from 9to5Mac. Pango has replied, saying via Twitter, quote, neither we nor 25PP will be so stupid to make money by hacking users' PayPal account via a jailbreak tool. We hope to find out the truth, ASAP, unquote. And then on Reddit, the Pangu team had this to say, quote, Hello, everyone. This is the fourth jailbreak tool released by our team, which means we should have some reputation, even though we come from China. We, uh, and we know most Western users don't trust Chinese software normally. So if any users think we are hacking your accounts, that makes us feel sad deeply. We Also, we have not received any reports of account breach from Chinese users. So may I ask those who have account breach issues, which version did you use, the Chinese version or the English version? And we noticed that in MySpace and Tumblr, account data are leaked this year. Have you checked that if you're using the same account, we want to find the root cause of this ASAP? We spent so much time to read the post here, and some users also have account breach issue by using the English version. We, of course, talked to 25PP, which, by the way, folks, that's the uh, where the stuff, all the hosts for all their files are, are served. Um, and they totally have no clue about this. We are also checking if their PC tool has some security flaw, which may enable hackers to attack from network sniff. But as far as we, as far as now, we don't find anything suspicious, unquote. So what do we know? Now this is me talking, they're done. Well, that some people that jailbreak with the latest tools have had some of their accounts compromised. And that alone should get everyone pause when thinking of jailbreaking iOS 9.3.3. I say that with a very sad heart. If you are jailbroken already and on the older version, so if you jailbroke with a version for 9.3.2 or earlier, stay there. Um, if you were getting ready to jailbreak iOS 9.3.3, stop. Hold off until this mess is sorted out. And yes, it is a mess. And... If you just did the 9.3.3 jailbreak, you have two options. One, run around like that annoying kid from Home Alone screaming with your arms up in the air. Or two, just uninstall the jailbreak and bring your phone back to factory settings. And once you do that, maybe look at going to the public beta of iOS 10. Just saying. More on this mess in future episodes, but for now, something's not right and I just cannot recommend the 9.3.3 jailbreak from Pango. Again, I don't personally think it, it was them uh, that introduced the issue, but someone did, and it needs to be vetted fully. Hey, Rob. How's it going, man? This is uh, Chris from Santa Barbara, California, and um, I was just wondering, I had a question. I know this isn't a tech show, but you were like the smartest person I could think of to help me answer this question, because I know you travel a lot and stuff, 
listen, when you go to your hotel and they say they only offered free wired internet, is it okay to bring a router and set up your own hotspot or are they going to trip out and be like, hey, what's this guy doing? I don't travel a lot and I was just wondering if you could throw that out there because I want to use the internet for my iPad. So that, that gets me in on the, on the, on the iOS side. Anyways, I love your show. Mega fan. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hope you guys can help me out. Thanks. Bye. Tim, two words. Airport Express. Actually, I guess that's three words. You get technical. But in any case, airport, one word, express, second word, $49 refurbished Apple Store. And then you plug your Ethernet into that and you have your little portable Wi-Fi hotspot. Per the hotel freaking out, never freaked out on me. I have an airport express. I take that with me. It's an older one, so, but I take that with me when I need that because my laptop doesn't have an Ethernet cord. So when I travel and I don't know for sure if there's going to be, um, you know, what the type of connection is, I've got my Airport Express with me. So then I can just plug that into the Ethernet cord and now I've got my Wi-Fi. So there you go, $49 refurbished from the Apple Store or $99 if you want it new. All right, into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Add me to the list of iPhone users who have had music disappear from their iPhones. I am not an Apple Music customer or an iCloud user. All the music I listen to is resonant on my iPhone and synced with my laptop. I'm running iOS 9.3.2 and an unjailbroken iPhone 6S. My grandson and I listen to music on the way home from a trip. I charged the phone that night and checked mail the next day. We got back in the car that morning. There was no music and obviously no playlists. Apple sent me an entirely unhelpful solution involving re-downloading all purchased music but telling me to sync the phone if there were songs which I hadn't downloaded from them. I thought given the very plain circumstances of this failure, they would be more interested. Maybe they already have enough pertinent information. Fortunately, I had a recent backup and the music and playlists were easily recovered. Uh, it would be nice to know if they had fixed this problem or at least acknowledge it regards Larry. Now, Larry, I believe 9.3.3 and the latest version of iTunes fixes this issue. So you may want to upgrade to 9.3.3 and the latest version of iTunes. So there, but yes, this was a reported issue and sorry to hear that it happened to you, but glad to hear you had a backup and you are now back up and running. What are you wearing? I can't answer that, but it doesn't come off. What are you wearing? Why do people keep asking me this? What are you wearing? In the cloud, no one knows what you're wearing. What are you wearing? Why would I be wearing anything? What are you wearing? Let's see. Okay, just as I thought. The same as yesterday. What are you wearing? Wearing? What are you wearing? You have the wrong personal assistant. Thanks again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. And please go to harrys.com now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 and start shaving better today. Or, well, at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives right to your doorstep. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-1-DOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm 
always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. So don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And finally, check out the updated TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Thank you.
Got it.